good to see you all this morning. Will you stand with us?
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody speak that name right now. Some, Come on. Somebody speak that name right now. Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Demons tremble at the mention of that name. If you have a need in your life, why don't you lift up your hand right now and represent that need all over this place, all over this house. Go ahead and speak your need out loud right now. You're not telling it to your neighbor. You're not telling it to anybody else. Cast your cares upon him for he careth for you. Now let's all together lift up our hearts, lift up our voices, begin to call upon the name of the Lord together. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for strength. I pray for power. I pray for your divine anointing to come down in this house and to meet needs in this place. Not my will, but thy will be done. 
not my will but thy will be done have your divine way have your way in this place have your way in our lives God touch needs touch needs Lord in our lives I pray we lean on you we trust in you we depend upon you we can't make it without you have your divine way Lord have your divine way Lord come on let's worship for just a while longer here Open up your heart, open up your mind. Let's let God do something in this house this morning. Oh, yes. Jesus, for my family. Uh, Touch our families, touch our lives, touch our homes, touch our hearts. Oh, shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the street. Come on, let's worship Him. is our prayer. Why don't you turn to two or three, maybe a fist bump, high five, handshake, just smile at somebody, tell them you're glad to see them this morning. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're here. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. Be glad in it. Hallelujah. 
God bless you. You may be seated. If you have to give this morning, you can give by way of cash or check in the black offering bucket back on the sound booth at your convenience coming in or coming out or right now if you feel so inclined. You can also give online at clcsugarland.com. You can also text to give at 281-612-7707. God loveth a cheerful giver. We want to go ahead and dismiss the children to go to the respective classes at this time. Hallelujah. God bless our difference makers that are in the house making a difference in other people's lives. Hallelujah. And again, we are glad that every one of you are here. Good morning. And we want to welcome you and thank you again for worshiping with us this morning. We pray that God would unleash his divine favor upon your home and upon your, upon your family. Somebody say in Jesus' name. This Thursday night, this Thursday night is first Thursday service. 7.30 will be gathered right here, believing God for great things. Being, being the Holy Week, the between Palm Sunday and Easter, you won't want to miss this Thursday night. And before we get into the message this morning, next week is the Sunday of all Sundays, folks. Sunday of all Sundays, it is Easter Sunday. Next Sunday, it'll be a celebration around here as we focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's not still in the grave, but on the third day, he rose again victorious over death, hell, and the grave, and is alive forevermore. And I ask everybody to do three things in preparation for this great day. Number one, pray. Number one, pray every day. You say, well, I do pray every day. Pray every day that the Lord would move powerfully at our Easter services next week at 9 a.m. as well as the 11 a.m. service. We'll do what we can, but we need God to move and to touch and to change lives. And somebody say amen. Second thing, so number one, pray. Pray every day. God, have your way. Move by your spirit. Number two, consider inviting someone to Easter Sunday. Now, I ask every year at the beginning of the year to commit to two Sundays to bringing someone with you to the house of the Lord. And studies show, studies show, folks, that the best time, the best time and your best chances to get a yes from a personal invitation is at Easter it is your highest probability for them to come with you Easter Sunday. So invite. You can do it. You'll enjoy it more if you have somebody sitting here with you next week. And then we've gone a step further than just asking you to invite. And we've printed up invite cards for you and take as many as, as you'd like. There's some gathered up here. There's some on the, on the uh, shelf there in the back. And then there's some as you come in. Take as many as you want. Hand out as many as you can. Get as many people here next week to the 9 a.m. as well as the 11 a.m. service. Somebody say, Amen. And then number three, one, pray. Two, invite people. Number three, participate. Participate in the service. Sit up close, come and worship. Respond to, to the word of God being preached. Respond to God's presence. Engage your spirit with God's spirit, and God will do great things. Somebody say amen. It is going to be great around here next week. When you study, when you study what God reveals... It's been in the Bible all throughout the Old as well as the New Testament. The path of life that will bring you, 
the greatest joy. It's, it's being someone who follows after God, follows the Lord Jesus Christ, someone that gets into the very presence of God. That's what brings you the greatest joy in this life. And then doing the things that he ha- wants us to do, fulfilling our God-given purpose. And the four things that we do to help us on this, on this journey with God, number one is, is to find find you find relationship with God get to know God personally for yourself and the second thing we do here is belong we connect that that that's when you find freedom when when you 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 turn from your habits and hurts and your and your hang-ups and you need others to settle the issues that are in your life you confess your faults one to another that you might be might be healed so it's fine belong and and we do these uh through small groups i want to thank the lord for another great week of small groups let's give our small group leaders a big hand right now our numbers are back up this week, and we're thankful for all of that. Uh, belong, find, belong, grow. You were born on purpose for a purpose. You were born on purpose for a purpose, and you need to discover your purpose so that you will finally, the four things, serve, serve. Your purpose is doing something with your life that is life-changing for others. The purpose that God has for your life is doing something that is changing other people's life. And that's the highest level of living. That will give you the greatest amount of joy in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, we are better together. All throughout the Bible, in order for you to get healed from your habits, healed from your pains, is through relationships. Relationships, which seems odd since a lot of your pain came from relationships and a lot of the pain that you may be dealing with right now is from relationships but the bible says if you confess your faults one to another it doesn't say confess your faults to god it says confess your faults to one another and pray for each other that you will be healed that's why small groups is so important here at christian life and throughout the bible relationships are important. We are better together. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Stay seated for, for this reading. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Jesus never promised us a pain-free life. In fact, he said, in this world you shall have tribulation. In this world, we're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some problems. We're going to have some issues. But then he gives us the rest of the story. He says, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. When we experience hardship, we can easily lose sight of God's goodness. Hardships become the glare in our eyes, blocking our view and causing us not to see God's goodness. Even though it's always there, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And of course, there's the why question. Why this and why that and why now and why me? Folks, God is good, but life can be hard. 
People often question, if God is good, then why is this happening? Why is injustice allowed? And why do times have to be so difficult? God is good all the time. That doesn't change in the midst of pain. That does not change in the midst of suffering. That doesn't change in the midst of sickness or injustice or the inequality of life. The problem is, is we tend to assume that if life is hard, then God must not be good. It's not an either or, folks. It is a both and. Life is hard, but God is good. Somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. The presence of problems does not mean the absence of God. In the natural, we know that the presence of clouds doesn't mean the absence of the sun. The clouds may temporarily block it, but the sun is still there all the time. Even if you can't see it directly, it is still there. In the same way, there are times when God's goodness and favor may not seem evident in your situation. But that does not mean that God is not there. When things don't go your way, we need to understand the true meaning of hope. To be certain that God is on our side in the midst of hardships. We need to be anchored in hope. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Bible definition of hope is the expectation of good. The expectation of good. That's the Bible definition. The modern definition, however, of hope is just wishful thinking. Listen, folks, the modern world is trying to change a lot of definitions. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's the expectation of good. The expectation that God is is going to do something good. Hope begins when we stop wondering and we start watching. We are expecting to see the goodness of our great God. We expect God to make a way where there seems to be no way. And he will do that. Don't give in to the fear of when will this all come to an end. The fear of how are we going to make it financially. The fear of what if I lose my job. The fear of how long is this situation going to to last in my life. Our hope is in God. And it is an anchor for our soul. You are currently living out a chapter in your life. This is not the whole story, but rather just a chapter. Good or bad, maybe there will be a defining moment that you can bring out of uh, this chapter in your life. A chapter is not meant to be the entire story, but rather like an ingredient in a recipe uh, included to contribute to, to the flavor of something that is much better and much greater than the ingredient all by itself. Don't make the mistake of turning a chapter of your life into the story of 
of your life. When people make a chapter of their story, they sabotage the bigger, greater story of their life. The good news is, is that God is doing something good in every chapter. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. First of all, notice that it doesn't say in all good things. In all good things, God works. It says in all things, God works. Uh, The good times and the bad times, the ugly, the pain, the mess-ups. In all times, uh, in all things, uh, in all things, God works. And the second thing to notice here is notice that God doesn't just work to get us through it. He doesn't just work to get us through it or out of the situation. He works in all things for the good. For the good, no matter what the chapter is like, it's all a part of a bigger story, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be, which is how you want to frame struggles and how you want to frame the disappointments in your life. Only you decide how you frame the chapters, uh, which decides the story between the plot being formed and your response to it. Uh, You have a chance to frame every situation into a perspective. What some see as an end, others see as a chance to begin. What some see as loss, others see as gain. What some see is what they can't do. Others see as what they can do. When some see problems, others see possibilities. When some see a reason to be better, others see an opportunity to be better. No matter your age or your circumstances, your past supply is not your last supply. I said your past supply is not your last supply. There's no end to the goodness and the blessings of God. He said himself, his mercies are new every morning. You don't get beyond that. You don't don't extinguish that. They're new every single morning. Come on, this is a day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, put your hands together and clap to the Lord. So speaking of rejoicing, today is Palm Palm Sunday. The story is found in Luke chapter 19 of the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. The the story unfolds with Jesus telling two of his disciples to go to such and such a place and there they'll find a colt tied wherein never has a man ridden. And if The owner asks what you're doing. Say, hey, the master hath need of it. Disciples don't question the words that Jesus spoke to him. They didn't question the the outcome of what if this or or what if that. Uh, If the Lord wants it, then then he can have it. They they didn't question the the directions. They just followed them. They, They followed with obedience and they found it just as Jesus had said. 
Of course, if the guy asked the, the master hath need of it, he asked no questions either. If Jesus has need of it, uh, he can have it. If he asks it of me, uh, it's his. He uh, can have it. If the Lord wants it, he can have it. And, and just as Jesus told them, it, it unfolded. Listen, folks, uh, your situation may have surprised you. We're baffled by what's going on uh, possibly in our life. Uh, but Jesus isn't caught off guard uh, by anything. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly where you are today, exactly what you're struggling with, exactly what the fears are that you have when you pillow your head at night. He knows right where you are, and he knows how he's going to get you out of it. He knows what good he's going to bring out of it. He is in charge, and he knows exactly where you are. He's not cut off, caught off guard with it. So they bring the colt to Jesus and they set their clothes upon it. They set Jesus upon it. They put their clothes out in the street and he rides in on a makeshift red carpet, so to speak. And there comes Jesus riding in on this donkey. He's riding into Jerusalem as a conquering king. Not on a horse, not on some big white horse looking like a conquering king. But he's coming in on a donkey. The donkey is a symbol of peace. Yes, he'll conquer death, and he did that. Yes, he'll conquer hell, and he did that. Yes, he'll conquer the grave, and he did that. But when he rides into your life, he wants you to know that he's going to calm the storm. He's going to bring peace into your troubled heart. They shouted, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. They're waving palm branches in their worship. Take their coats and they lay them in the street. Red carpet, as I said, rolled out for him. And some of the Pharisees said, rebuke them. Make them stop. And Jesus responded and said, if these hold their peace, the very rocks will cry out. It's a good day. It was a good day. The rocks were silent that day because the people praised God. But later that week, the shouts wouldn't be Hosanna. They would not be blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But rather they would be crucify him. Crucify him. It's easy sometimes when things are going good, when it's a good day to praise God. You're healthy, money's coming in, the bills are paid, retirement account looks good, accounts are up to speed. It's a good day. And if it is, give God glory for that. There's everything right about giving God glory for that. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, and whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It all comes from God, so we need to give him glory for that. Somebody say amen. If we're blessed, we're blessed because of him. Every good thing, it comes down from above. He hath blessed our life, so we give him glory. We give him glory for that. But what about when it's not going your way? What about when things aren't lining up? What do you do when everything around you is collapsing? 
When you've sought for answers and the answers haven't come. When the situation is dark and doesn't appear to be changing. I read in another place sometime later in scripture in the church age in Acts chapter 16. The apostle Paul is with Silas and of course they're preaching the gospel and they, 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 they prayed and delivered a, a, a girl that was bringing gain to, 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 to the people and they had them locked up and they had them beaten and whipped and thrown into the inner prison. And the Bible says that at midnight in, in Paul and Silas's darkest hour, they began to pray and sing praises unto God. And when they praised and when they prayed, the rocks, the very foundation that had them enclosed, the thing that had them incarcerated began to shake. The rocks began as it would be to cry out. Their praise caused the rocks to cry out. Their praise moved God, which moved the rocks, which set them free from that prison cell. It changed their family situation their praise did so that day in Jerusalem what a day the praise and the celebration that went forth there's many people and many faces in the crowd on that very day his closest followers are there the 12 disciples whom he handpicked they were there in the midst of that crowd we'll call them the first people which is the commandment the committed were there they make statements and they really mean them when they make them like Peter did when he said Lord I'll go with you to prison I'll go with you to death I'll never betray you I'll never deny you and he meant it when he said it they would all die a martyr's death except the betrayer and except for John the Beloved uh, whom they did boil in a pot of oil but he didn't die so they just banished him on to the Isle of Patmos uh, and there John the Revelator he said I was in the spirit uh, on the Lord's day and there we have the book of Revelations yes the committed they were there committed to the cause there in the thick and there in the thin for three and a half years now they were there right beside Jesus and they were right there familiar faces in that crowd who else was there that day there were the rejectors Pharisees, I made mention of them a moment ago. They, they were certainly not a part of the celebration, but they were there nonetheless. We've already noted their sore displeasure by what was transpiring that day. And Luke tells us that somewhere along the parade that, that these men could no longer contain their, their boiling anger. They, they just couldn't take the shouts of, of the crowds calling Jesus the king, the son of David. Each hosanna that went up probably made them shudder even more. And finally, when they couldn't take it any longer, they shouted at Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them the stop shouting tell them to stop praising make them stop worshiping you pharisees were lost in their stubborn pride and their refusal to acknowledge jesus these men were so close to the father's house 
but so far away from the Father. As God has said, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They were there, the rejectors. Who else was there? There was people that were indifferent there. Standing on the sidelines is another group of individuals, the, the Roman soldiers. During the Passover, thousands of extra Roman troops were brought in as reinforcements to make sure that the Jews were kept under control. They were there to keep the peace and make sure no trouble erupted to put out any fires as they grew. And we can be sure that when these crowds began their celebration and, and, and the shouts that went up and the noise that it was all making, that it got these Roman soldiers' attention. But they quickly discovered that this was a harmless gathering and offered no real threat to them. It was best they determined to just, just leave them alone and let them do their thing. Their attitude was just stay in your place, Jesus. Don't bother us and we won't bother you. They were indifferent to what was going on in the streets that day. And so they were indifferent. And then there was finally a, a fourth group of people that was in this, uh, in this multitude that day. And I suspect, I suspect that this was the, the, the largest group, that this was the, the loudest group, that this was the most exuberant group that was there and these are the farewell fathers fair weather followers fair weather followers these were the self-serving these were the rootless followers sure they were all for for Jesus right now they were all behind him right now. Yes, they were ready to make him a king, but, but only because they believed that Jesus was coming to do what they had been wanting him to do for years now. They believed Jesus was going to, to now issue in physical, uh, the physical messianic kingdom and overthrow, overthrow the bonds of Roman oppression to set up a Jewish world empire. At this time, they believed that, that Jesus was following their plan. And they therefore loved him. They therefore was there to praise him and, and, and to enthrone him in their praises. The parable of the sower talked about these. And it's, it's the ones that the seed sprung up quickly, but it had no root. It, it had no depth. And when the sun comes up hot, it'll scorch them. And they won't be around very long. Their dedication and devotion is lacking. And folks, people are still surrounding Jesus today. They're still all around. Which one? Which ones are you? Which one are you? When Jesus sees us, what does he see? What does he see? Please play for me. Does he see the indifferent who say to him, just don't bother me, Jesus. Just don't bother me. Just go on with your business. Let other people praise you. Let other people serve you. Let other people worship you. I just want to live my life the way I want. I just want to do my own thing.
Most likely, most of the indifferent uh, don't make it to the house of God. Or if so, aren't turned, tuned in at this point uh, of the service. Uh, you came, you, you tuned in, but, but by now it's, it's not really about you changing. Uh, just indifferent, uh, just indifferent. Uh, thinking about what you're doing the rest of the day. You're just indifferent uh, to this time here. Been around church maybe all your life uh, and just indifferent indifferent today's not your day you're thinking indifferent and then there's the rejecting pharisees church people but it's not the right taste for you it's just not your thing you think you know how it should be done how church should be and this isn't it or maybe it's what the Apostle Paul wrote about when, when he said there'd be some that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Or maybe you just refuse to accept the truth about Jesus. Refuse to submit to his word. After all, this stuff was written a couple thousand years ago. How, how could it be for the here and the now? And how could it be for me? Therefore, rejecting and not wanting to give up their power, not willing to lay down their pride in their wrong attitudes. And then maybe, maybe many are self-serving. Many are fair-weather followers. No depth, no faithfulness, shouting praises on that first Palm Sunday as long as it's convenient. As long as Jesus follows their plan, fulfills their needs and desires. As long as Jesus fits in my box. Like a cafeteria Christian picking and choosing what's good for them and what they'll leave sitting there. It's all about them. It's all about them. They'll shout his praises now. But when the road gets rough, they have better things to do. They are the first that yell, crucify him crucify him maybe when I have a more convenient season maybe yes there's always the indifferent there's always the fair weather followers there's always the rejectors but then there's the faithful the faithful were there as well and the faithful are here as well the committed were there the committed were there and they're still here today. Those that will worship him today and will worship him tomorrow in spite of what may be going on in their life. Those that are still on board, still a part of Christian life because Jesus is the most important thing in their life. You'll worship in the good. And you're worshiping the bad. The rocks are not going to take your place. But who knows, one day when you're worshiping, those rocks may cry out to let you out. Which are you? Which are you today? Why don't you commit your life to Jesus Christ? 
Why don't you follow his word? Why don't you follow him? Why don't you pray a prayer of commitment to him right now? Regardless of what you were when you came in. Start now. Commit now. Be faithful now. Why don't you come? Maybe stand to your feet right now. Begin to call upon him. Maybe it's a prayer that says, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender my life totally and completely to you. Not my will. Not what I want. Not just my wishes. But God, your will. Your word. Your purpose. Your plan. Your way. I submit my life to you, Lord. I surrender my life to you, Lord. Inward change of mind. Outward change of direction. That's what repentance is. Lord, I repent before you. I want you in my life. I want you first in my life. I commit to you. I surrender my life to you. I need you, God. I need you, God. I wonder if anybody wants to come and gather around this front area, this altar area, and pray today. Pray this morning. Commit to God. Give your life all over again to Him. And watch and see what He will do. Watch and see how He will bless. And He'll provide. And He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, let's pray all over this house. All over this house. Let's begin to commit to Him. Let's begin to surrender to Him all over this place. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, make this entire auditorium an altar area right now. Pray where you're at right now. Commit to Him where you're at right now. Talk to Him right now. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes.